Oh, how's everyone doing tonight? Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. it's been a rainy week, so I'm a little soggy, but otherwise. Oh, God, so much rain. I wish it would stop, but it's not going to. Do, do, do you guys want to switch? No, Snowboy, you can, you can stay buried up there. Yeah, yeah, I, I already have a Nintendo Switch. I don't need one, thanks. I, hey. I mean, you, I'll, take, I'll take the snow if you want to have the cold. It's so cold that they canceled school mm. in Iowa oh, for God. the cold. Because it's I, literally, hey, it's too cold. Your kid might die for being outside. Yeah. For five minutes. I just specifically hate how much it rains here because right in front of my porch becomes a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And I can't go to work without wet socks. See, you got to work on your parkour there, Paul. Yeah, I'm trying. (laughs) I kind of like the rain in uh, Virginia. I was like, hey, it's a hot day. At least I know it's going to rain tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it's been raining. I think it out of the last eight days, it's rained seven of them. Yeah, yeah. just about. Yeah, I it's, normally it's been and, snow like that for us, and profusely too. Not just like drizz, like a little drizzles and and a little bit. It's been just like buckets of the shit. Yeah, like, like normally, I'm a very big fan of the rain. But even uh, I bundled the kids up, we put boots on, and went outside, and it's like our feet are sinking in the ground. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I I have not officially seen the sun. In at least over a week. I'm taking vitamin D because the sun has not shown here in so long. Dear Lord. I haven't seen the sun in seven damn days. <laughs> it's just, uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, talking about best picture today. I'll stop. Please. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> but you don't like Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. <laughs> No, I don't like Dr. Phil and Cheryl Crow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's move on to this week's uh, cold open topic then, which is uh, our favorite Shakespeare adaptations and retelling. Cool. I've got a guest with us this week, so h- how about you start us out there, David? Uh, well, I've got a wisp, so... <laughs> But I'm going to start with the obvious answer. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead has to be the top one on my list. I love some Tom Stoppard. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the one that got me interested in actually reading, going back and actually reading Shakespeare. So mm-hmm. that's the one I went with on the top of my list. But close seconds were Warm Bodies and also uh, Branagh's Hamlet. Mm. Uh, Warm Bodies is the zombie rom-com that's kind of a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, right? Exactly. Yep, okay. that's yeah. the one. <laughs> I was like, I have to put it on the list because it's so stupid. That <laughs> I think I've actually seen that one. <laughs> it's it's charming. It's, I like it that. Really it was. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that it was <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, well, that's because they don't, until the end, you don't know that they're Romeo and Juliet. And then yeah. at the end, they use their names. Right. And like, it all clicks into place. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna name off a couple of easy ones before Zach takes mine. Um, <laughs> I, I was gonna hold off on yours because I, I, I know so I've not I've I've made it known that I do enjoy Romeo plus Juliet. I it's the only Boz Lerman that's actually good. Period. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and then Lion King. 
Yeah, Two pretty that was, obvious. That was answers. on my that was on my list. I was like, I'm yeah. not even gonna bring up Black King. Somebody else is going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody was taking it. Yeah. I mean, if Jonathan didn't, Zach wouldn't. His list of seventy-five. I'm sure. <laughs> I kept it to like five. <laughs> we'll go ahead and hit us with those five. Okay. Well, I've got uh, ten things I hate about you. Yep, I had okay. that one there yeah. too. Ooh, that's yep. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kurosawa's ran and thrown of blood. Go ahead and uh, take in mine. <laughs> well, that's um, because he can't take Jonathan's. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Forbidden Planet, which is loosely based on The Tempest. Yep. Okay. And um, I also have uh, Brana's Hamlet. And of course, there's one more on my list, which is Shakespeare and its original Klingon. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Star Trek VI, it's uh, all, all its allusions to Hamlet. And then, of course, there actually is a Norwegian Klingon Shakespeare company that puts on Hamlet and uh, I think it's Macbeth are the two that are translated. There's there's oh, Hamlet and one other that are translated to Klingon. Oh, I, I'd love to see someone do King Lear. Uh, I just I recognize all these names as uh, characters who showed up on Gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me, some of my favorites. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the book series where they they have taken every Star Wars film and turned them into Shakespeare plays. I've yes, yeah, I, I they're have. so good. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I guess I'll take the uh, the James Gunn written trauma film, Tromeo and Juliet. Anybody I, else has seen that one? I, I nope. saw that on list nope. of adaptations. I was like, what is that? Not... <laughs> okay, uh, has anybody seen a Toxic Avenger film? Oh. Not since I was a kid, yeah. which you know, <laughs> bad parents, but yeah. <laughs> Or, or something like surf Nazis must die. Anyway, there's this great uh, this great underground company called Troma. Uh, Jonathan, you're probably most familiar with them because they produced Cannibal the Musical. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, they they just make a bunch of ridiculously gross films, and that's just why they exist. And uh, James Gunn, writer and, and director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films got his start at Troma. In fact, the creator of Troma, Lloyd Kaufman, who directed uh, the Toxic Avenger, is in the first Guardians of the Galaxy in the prison. Mm. Nice. Anyway, so there's a film that James Gunn wrote, and I believe it's his first writing credit, called Tromeo and Juliet. And it's eventually, what if Romeo and Juliet, but the Toxic Avenger? So is a better version of Romeo Must Die? Is that that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And of course, uh, one of my all-time favorite musicals, which we will be getting to eventually on this show, West Side Story, which I am so excited to talk about. I love that one. Uh, I guess I'm just hitting Romeo and Juliet adaptations. Yeah. Well, I I had to leave most of the Romeo and Juliet off because I hate that play. It is I am not a fan either, but I love a good adaptation of it. A good literally retelling. the only Shakespeare that I like. <laughs> that that play could be erased from history, and I would not worry about it. Right. <laughs> Remember uh, watching the seventies like, version or whatever in ninth grade English class, and there's a scene where boobs. <laughs> exactly. See, I remember Romeo and Juliet in high school for a completely different other reason. Because this guy leans over to me in class and goes. Do you understand what the hell they're talking about? And I said yes, 
And for the next four years, I was his English tutor, and everyone knows him as Michael Vick. Oh, uh, this is a true yeah. story. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was sitting next to me in English class. Had no idea what Shakespeare was, and I ended up tutoring him for four years through high school in English. Wow. I was going to say my high school Romeo and Juliet story was bad, but uh. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, just... it, it worked out. I was a nerd that when I got picked on, the football team was like, "Hey, why are you picking on him?" Because I was the quarter star quarterback's tutor. So nice, very nice. All right, let's talk about a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And joining us this week, the voice you heard in the cold open, is my good friend and giant DM, David Ray. Did you just call me fat? Because I think you called me fat. Yeah, you just called him a fat DM. Way (laughs) to go. Yeah. I can can retake that if we need to. (laughs) So (laughs) No, it stays. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it absolutely stays. Matter of fact, that's going to be my new Twitter handle. Thank you. Giant DM. (laughs) And uh, mascot of the podcast, Zaphod Beeblebrox, has joined us. Oh, my God. Yeah, he is. A, well, law of closure, you don't need the whole dog. <laughs> uh, and we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Jonathan. We watched Hamlet. A Shakespearean play about a dude with daddy issues compounded by family drama. Hamlet. I mean, it's Hamlet. You you don't really need to. Yeah. Have you have you seen The Lion King? I mean, Hamlet. <laughs> that. I want to see a version of Hamlet with pigs. Yeah. Yes. Just pigs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. then it's yeah. Hamlet. Yeah. 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 And I hope they all have uh, pig pun names too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Porcella, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, Porcelonius? Porcelonius? I was, I was thinking like Rostelia <laughs> or Rostelia. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is everybody's first time seeing this version of Hamlet. No. No. This oh. version, actually, yeah. Oh. I'm sure. I, I, I don't remember what class I watched it in high school, but I know I watched this in yep. high school. I, I honestly thought that I had not seen it. And then when I was like five minutes, like, you know what? No, I saw this in English. Okay, I, that's right. My English teacher didn't show this one. He showed the Branagh version and the mm-hmm. Mel Gibson version. Same. Yeah, I uh, I studied theater for six years of my life. And uh, so I'm, I'm almost sure it was a theater class I watched this in. Okay, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. All right, so... Our 21st Oscars have been moved from the Chinese Grauman Theater to the Academy Theater in Hollywood, which is apparently a much smaller venue. Uh, and this happens because the studios decide that they are no longer backing the Oscars and they take their money out. Bum, bum, bum. So now. Uh, Academy President Gene Herschelt, a name that will become a running name later on, uh, is furious 
she keeps trying to remind the academy that uh, they stand the most to gain from being part of this, but the studios do not give in. And now the Academy uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is its own entity. So more money for them. Yep. So with all that in mind, this is a weird record setting night at the Oscars in a bunch of different ways. I'm excited to hear about it. What are those ways? Well, uh, as I go through, I will let you know because each, a lot of categories have little notes tacked onto them and I'm excited to talk about those. All right. So our most nominations on the night go to Johnny Belinda at 12 and Hamlet takes the most awards away on the night at four. Hmm. Hamlet takes best picture, of course, and it is the first non Hollywood produced film to win best picture. Wow. Okay. This first film to come directly out of England to be produced by British money and wins Best Picture. Wins Best Picture against Johnny Belinda, um, The Red Shoes, The Snake Pit, and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Uh, Speaking of Treasure Sierra Madre, John Huston wins Best Director for Treasure of Sierra Madre. Laurence Olivier loses. Uh, But again, he picks up the award for Best Picture but he also doesn't go imp- away uh, empty-handed. In the other hand, he is the first director to ever direct himself to an Oscar. Lawrence Olivier wins Best Actor for Hamlet, as Hamlet, in Hamlet. 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 <laughs> Hamception. Hamception. <laughs> so, uh... Three, three Academy Award nominations for the man, Lawrence Olivier himself. He walks away with two. Uh, he is not the only person who is going to walk away with two tonight, but we will get to that. Also, uh, am I the only one that got to watch Johnny Belinda this week? Yes, I looked yes. for it and didn't watch it, so I couldn't find it. Uh, the, the main character, or the main male lead in that film, Dr. Robert Richardson, was played by star of... Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, Lou Ayers. Oh, very nice. Mm, yeah. yeah, I saw his name on the cast list. I was very excited, and he got nominated for it, too. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, Jane Wyman wins Best Actress for Johnny Belinda. Uh, she is only the second actress in the history of the Academy to win an Academy Award uh, while not speaking a single line. She plays a mute woman in the film. The only other one was in the silent era in the first Oscars. Uh, So uh, John Huston directs his father, Walter Huston, to an Oscar in Treasure of the Sierra Madre. They are the the first father-child team to win Oscars for the same movie. I saw they had the same last name and I was wondering that. That's awesome. They are both masters. Uh, yeah, apparently Walter Houston told his son, uh, one day you're going to go ahead and write your old man a movie, and that's exactly what he did. <laughs> Excellent. That's sweet. Uh, Claire Trevor wins Best Supporting Actress for Key Largo, another film directed by John Houston. He is the first director to direct two actors to Oscars for separate films in, in one year. Damn. Very nice. 
uh, best motion picture story, because, you know, we love our uh, writing categories right now, uh, goes to The Search. Best screenplay goes to The Treasure of the Sierra Madre for John Huston. Terrific. The Houston family, the Houston family walks away with three Oscars on the night. Again, the first time that has happened. Very good. All right. Hey, wait a minute here. I completely missed the fact that we only have two writing categories, best motion picture story and best screenplay. Yes, they've done it. It's happening. <laughs> It'll, it at least makes sense this year. <laughs> good. Uh, best documentary feature goes to The Secret Land. Uh, best documentary short, sub, short subject. Wow, good job. Goes to Toward Independence. That's uh, distributed by the U.S. Army. Oh, mm-hmm. so that hasn't gone away yet. <laughs> best live action short subject one reel goes to Symphony of the City. Best live action short subject two reel brings us to our podcast within a podcast. Walt Disney Oscar Watch. Yay! And you heard me correctly. I didn't say best short subject cartoon. I said best short subject two reel. Oh. <laughs> Walt Disney has finally come back to winning Academy Awards. After, He's back! After what, six years away or so? Oh, yeah. Uh, he wins best short subject two reel for the short film Seal Island which was a documentary film uh, produced by Walt Disney as the first installment of the True Life Adventure series of nature documentaries. And, oh, yeah. uh, and it's about exactly what it sounds like, the singing artist seal living on an island by himself. Oh. Hmm. No, it's about seals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute, let me look at his face. <laughs> uh, just, you look at the cover art and it's literally like the tiniest island ever and there's just two seals on it. Like, oh, that's the island. <laughs> It fits too. <laughs> uh, but they're but, slapping each other all day. But just because he's moving into live action documentary doesn't mean Walt Disney is done losing Academy Awards in best short subject <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. He picks up two nominations, one for T for 200 and one for Mickey and the Seal. Apparently he was really into Seals <laughs> in 1949. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh my God. My brain just goes, wait, they, seals are what they thought were mermaids? I thought manatees were. <laughs> was it? I thought it was seals. It might be both. I, I can just knows? imagine just Disney going, I'm going to fuck one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking I could club those. Hey. Um, so he gets two nominations in the best short subject cartoons category and loses them both to Caitlin McCoy's favorite cartoon series. Tom and Jerry. Fred Quimby picks up his fifth Academy Award. They're cleaning up. I gotta wonder. uh, So my Facebook has been just getting a ridiculous amount of ads for this Tom and Jerry movie that's coming out. Is she getting them as well? I don't know if she is off that, but I know I am. So (laughs) Uh, great. Now I know I'm gonna get them. Great. (laughs) Great. Thanks for that, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Tom doing the kickflip and hitting the truck or whatever. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Tom and Jerry in live action, but they're cartoons still. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And they're probably going to go on a road trip because that's (sighs) what you do when you bring the cartoons into live action. You make them go on a road trip. You know, at least anime knows how to do an Ichikai. (laughs) 
American cartoons suck now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture. Best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture. Okay, so they've they've Fine. moved. Goes to The Red Shoes beating out Hamlet. Uh, best scoring of a musical picture goes to Easter Parade. Yay. Best original song goes to Buttons and Bows from the film Pale Face. The Pale Face. Or Polly Fache. Okay. I don't know. Really? Ghostface <laughs> <laughs> um, Killer won an Oscar. <laughs> well, three six mafia won an Oscar. Why not? Yeah. Um, and it beats out one notable song. That song, the Woody Woodpecker song. <laughs> Dude, that was way too good. <laughs> Thought he sounded a little more like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know if this is the only song from a short film that has ever been nominated, but it, I find it kind of interesting that the Woody Woodpecker song gets nominated for an Oscar and it's not for a, a feature length film. Yeah. All right. Uh, best sound recording goes to the snake pit best art set direction, black and white goes to Hamlet best art direction, set decoration color goes to the red shoes, which oh, yeah. very well deserved. Uh, best cinematography, black and white, goes to The Naked City. Best cinematography, color, goes to Joan of Arc. Best costume design goes to Hamlet. So that's its four Academy Awards there. Very good cod pieces. <laughs> All the cod pieces. Very pronounced. <laughs> best costume design, color, goes to Joan of Arc. Best film editing goes to The Naked City. The winner of this Academy Award is named Paul Weatherwax. Wow. What a name. So I know names used to be based on professions. So was this guy's <laughs> job just like getting on ships and just weathering the wood? <laughs> Good question. Um, best special effects goes to Portrait of Genie. Portrait of Genie? Of Genie. Ginny? Ginny. Ginny. Yeah. Portrait of Jenny. Jenny. Uh, Academy Honorary awards, one goes to Sid Grauman, Master Showman, who raised the standard of exhibition of motion pictures. One goes to Adolf Zucker, a man who has been called the father of the feature film in America for his services to the industry over a period of 40 years. One goes to Walter Wagner for distinguished service to the industry and adding to its moral stature in the world community by his production of the picture Joan of Arc. Uh, best foreign language feature goes to Monsieur Vincent, uh, which is not about Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, the Academy Juvenile Award goes to Ivan Jandel, Yandel, probably because he's from Czechoslovakia, uh, and he won that for The Search. Uh, and finally, our Irvin G. Thalberg Memorial Award goes to Jerry Wald who in 1949 directed, are you ready for this? Finally, finally an overachiever again. Flamingo Road, Task Force, always, no, that's 1949, 48. That sounded okay. like the same thing together, like Flamingo Road, Task Force. It's a Flamingo Road, <laughs> Task Force. <laughs> Let's not give Hollywood any ideas. 
Oh, I, I've already started writing it in my head. Okay, so his 1949 was busier than his 1948, but his 1948 included Key Largo, Johnny Belinda, and To the Victor. So two really good films and one I'm not familiar with. So it must not be good. Oh, and Laurence Olivier, uh, when winning his Academy Awards, uh, is married to Vivian Lee, making them the first husband and wife team to win Academy Awards for acting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he did not show up to the Oscar ceremony because he was busy uh, being in a play with Vivian Lee. Okay. So, so that's our awards breakdown. Nice. Who hosted? Paul Douglas hosts, which is great because that is my name and my father's name. Yeah. Just just so everybody knows that. So I make it easier for you to steal my identity. I was about to say, do we want to give your mother's maiden name while we're out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, my social security number is... One, five, two, five, <laughs> three. <laughs> All right. So this is not in the National Film Registry because it is a British film. So it will not go into the American Nanny Boo Boo Film Registry. Yeah. Um, but if you would like to tell me what year you think it should have been added to the National Film Registry, feel free. No, no takers. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't think it deserves to be in the film registry. As far That's as fair. as far as Hamlet adaptations go, I don't think it it holds up as well as some of the others. Yeah, well, we we will find out later on down the road if anybody does get one in. But that being said, from 1948, the films that do get into the National Film Registry are the greatest film of all time: Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Nice. Uh, Force of Evil, In the Street, a documentary short subject, Letter from an Unknown Woman, Louisiana Story, The Naked City, Red River, and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Both Red River and Treasure of the Sierra Madre go in in 1990, so they are second class. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. All right. So well, Red let's. Shoes, is that also British? Is... Maybe yes, like Red Shoes was also British, but okay. should have gone to the National Film Registry if it was an American film. Yeah. So since I was doing my homework, one of the things I came across that I thought was interesting was, uh, this is the, according to what I could find, was it's the only Shakespeare play to actually have won Best Picture. Not the first that one, is, only one to be a nominee, but it's the only one that's won. Yeah, so that is correct. The first one to get nominated, I believe, is like a 1936 version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I don't believe it. I don't believe it's the last like straight adaptation, not retelling or retooling or anything like that. Because again, West Side Story wins in 1961. So, Fair all right. So let's go ahead and talk about this movie. Let's. Um, hot take here. I don't like Shakespeare. <laughs> I I find his dialogue way too like the way that it's acted is so quickly rapid back and forth and the necessity to have something said after every time somebody says something annoys the absolute crap out of me i understand why he does it it's that the what is it i don't i still don't understand iambic pentameter but uh i don't even know if i'm saying it right iambic uh, pentameter yeah 
I just don't like Shakespeare. I like Romeo and Juliet, and that's the one that everybody hates. I don't like any other Gundam except Gundam G, and that's the one everybody hates. I just... <laughs> Next he's going to say he likes Dragon Ball Evolution, and everyone hates You them. shut your dirty whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I don't like Shakespeare. It, it, the, and it's not that I don't get it. It's just more of the why is this the way it's being shown. In order for me to understand the story of what's going on, I have to understand the context of everything. And it bugs the absolute crap out of me. And I feel like a dumb, dumb talking about it. I really do. I feel like just not don't get it. And that's what makes me bothers me the most is because you're like, well, Shakespeare's you know the greatest writer of all times. Like you're just coming off as a pretentious douche. And no, no because you can actually seven different book series out there that explain it. <laughs> it's just I get it. I understand why. I'm not saying Shakespeare is bad. I'm saying I don't like Shakespeare. And I don't understand why people do. I'm I'm lukewarm on most of Shakespeare's stuff. I his tragedies are not my favorite plays. I I prefer his comedies. I think so, they're yeah, like uh, Twelfth Night is. I think that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah. I enjoy that. Um, but the thing is, his if you look at the story as a whole, are really good stories. I think the story of Hamlet is a really good story. I don't like the way it's presented. I don't like the words on the pages. Yeah, well, I, I have issues with it, too. I love Hamlet. It's my favorite play. But there's actually a scene, and it's in the movie, where he's where Polonius is talking, and he's like, I'll be brief. But he talks for, like, three minutes to say, I'll be brief. <laughs> that's, that's because Polonius is, is known to go on for, like, 15 to 20 minutes at yeah. a time. And I'm not going to lie, I fell asleep for probably a half hour of this movie. But being Shakespeare, <laughs> I know the story. I do. So I'm like, oh, I, I fell asleep. And oh, wait, Ophelia's dead. All right. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. I, I just, it's so. Like, and hey, I can act Shakespeare. Congratulations. It's, and, and my biggest problem with especially this adaptation is that uh, not only is it just a play that I'm eh, on, but it's also that Lawrence Olivier was like, oh, we're going to take out all the comedic relief and just like cuts Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Uh, that was actually my movie. number one note here was <laughs> no Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And, but he, he kept some of it by giving the lines to Polonius. So it's like, mm-hmm. he recognized that parts of those two characters were important to the story, but not important enough to keep the characters. Yeah. So, and that's another thing about Shakespeare that's good is the dude does write really good characters. So, like, yeah. the main reason why I like Romeo and Juliet is literally just because of Mercutio. Like, it, anything else, I don't care. It's just that one character and the uh-huh. Queen Mad monologue is just amazing. Come on, man. Tibble, King of Cats. <laughs> I like Tibble just because of John Leguizamo. <laughs> like, that's literally it. <laughs> he's my dude. But I, I just, him. with this one, I just, Hamlet, I, I feel like it might just be this version. I don't think I've seen any other Hamlet um, the character just comes off as like I had in my synopsis, just a dude with daddy issues mm-hmm. and it's just whiny about it. And just, I didn't understand certain things. Like why do they think he's mad because he likes Ophelia? Like what about that means that he's crazy? I don't fucking get it. And once again, I feel like the dumb, dumb, but it I fucking hate Shakespeare so much. 
Oh, it I makes me it. feel stupid. And I've never liked Ophelia. I think she's a shitty character. Yeah. She is, but uh, she didn't... Uh, she was amazingly portrayed. Gene Simmons did a great job portraying her in this movie. Yeah. Um, she, but I don't I don't care for the character of Ophelia, but I, Gene Simmons is one of the better performances in my book for this movie. Yeah. I wasn't really feeling her until she started losing her shit. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. On. <laughs> yeah. That's where I yeah, but but even after <laughs> even after she does that, the the play spends so little time with her. By the time she she's yeah, dead, I'm yeah. like, okay, I guess she's not going to be in the play anymore. Yeah, but she spends so little time on quote unquote on stage, even in the regular play. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's there at the opening scene to introduce her interest with Hamlet, and she shows up right before the to be or not to be soliloquy, and then she goes crazy because she gets the to a nunnery. Yeah, so. One of the things I wanted to point out is some of the interesting choices in cinematography in this film. Oh, God. No, the cinematography in this film is gorgeous. So here's where I have issues. And at the same time, it looks like. So when they do a lot of this, they zoom out to put you into another part of the set which is really well done. I like the way they do that. But mm-hmm. there's a couple of times, and there's one specific time I remember when it's, um, forgive me, naming of the characters is terrible for me, but it's uh, the the king, and it's when they're talking about how they're going to poison Hamlet towards the end. Claudius um, and Laertes. Yeah. So they pan out and then go, oh, never mind, and zoom back in, and then about two minutes later, finally pan out and choose a different part of the set when Hamlet's walking down the stairs. <laughs> I'm like, did they just go, shit, nope, never mind. <laughs> so it, it works for the most part, but it just seems like a couple of times they could have gotten out, oh, just leave the camera there. You're fine. There's still sounds like, oh, shit, they're still talking. Never mind. Yeah. So, yeah, the cinematography and, and the sets, uh, like comparing this to Henry V, which we watched, or, you know, I watched not too long ago as a best yeah, picture. Two weeks ago, we would have covered. Yeah, yeah, that. yep. That Henry V, I fell asleep during. I, I did not like the, the Technicolor presentation of that. The costumes just looked cheap. And this uh, filming Hamlet in black and white seemed more um, appropriate. And and the sets were not as obvious sets. I see you, Paul. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so, so the why only, was in black and white. So the only reason that it was in black and white is because Lawrence Olivier was fighting with Technicolor. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. ser- it serves the movie, though, to be in black it, and white, I feel. It certainly did. It, it gives it a more grave feeling and it kind of puts you in the mind of Hamlet a little better. Yeah. I think if yeah, it was in it, color- I think some of those scenes would have looked absolutely terrible if they were in color oh they would have been so garish <laughs> like they, i couldn't even like the imagine. ghost of, the ghost of king hamlet would have been horrendous oh, yeah, he, yeah oh god that looked amazing <laughs> yeah so that wasn't even just the look of it the sound of it on how they did that with the uh the ghost was so good yeah, yeah especially yeah. The, and the, the sword play at the end between okay. laertes and hamlet let's take a minute to talk about the sword fight that sword <laughs> fight fucking rules with for I apologize for the pun, but they went ham on that sword fight. Like they were just like, I'm gonna fucking hit you. Shit, shit, shit. So I absolutely love it because uh Lawrence Olivier just goes straight Alfred Hitchcock and he does that that quick push in insert of the two foils and the one has the button and the one doesn't. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, like I was glued to my television, just like, yeah. I've seen this sword fight. I don't know how many times, like not, not just this version, but other versions. And for some reason, this 
particular watch. I was just like, oh god. <laughs> it, it actually felt like a sword fight, like an it actual did. duel. Yeah. Like it, it really versus did. some of even from what I don't recall the Branagh one, and it's my favorite Hamlet, but that this one was spot on. It just it didn't feel choreographed. Where a lot yeah. of sword fights, you do get that like it looks good, it looks cool, but it does look choreographed. Where this one, it was literally they were swinging wildly. <laughs> like I mean, he they that dude had like a full launch back and just a follow through, and I'm just like ah, yeah. like they're gonna break something. <laughs> so yeah, and, and they they just feel like they're actually trying to kill each other, which is incredible. Absolutely. Yep. One hundred percent. My um, my feelings on Shakespeare. I I prefer to read it rather than watch people perform the original. Um, just because you know I can read it on my own speed and take a second and be like, what this, what does this mean? <laughs> but again, that's where I'm. Where I have to agree with you because the dialogue is so. When and this isn't just this movie. This is anytime I see a Shakespeare movie. It's so rapid back and forth. Yeah. It, it's just, they just like quick, uh, what they say, and then an immediate answer, and then the response, and then the response. It's just slow it down, guys. Let them think about what was said. There's just, there's yeah. so many words and they got to fit them into two hours. I just, God. But it they didn't. Bad. It was still two and a half hours. <laughs> and actually, that pissed me off again because here I am, woke up. I was like, let's make this the first thing I do today. Two and a half hours. Son of a bitch. And then I, it was I looked the second at, thing I did today. <laughs> I then looked at my screen, and for some strange reason, I said an hour and 57 minutes. I'm like, oh, maybe it's not two hours. And I realized I'm looking at the time left. Like, <laughs> 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 the longer ones lately, I've been watching in two parts. So I watched like the first half on Tuesday and the finished on Wednesday. Yeah. I, I was going to watch it in the three acts, you know. The, the, yeah. <laughs> I, I was under the assumption that I'd be able to wake up and watch this movie, and I was wrong. I was like, hey, if I just woke up, I can't fall asleep. And I was like, oh, look, my daughter's awake. I guess I should put this down for now. But yeah, I I, I want to like movies like this, but I'm okay yeah. with being called a filthy casual Ow. and not liking Shakespeare. I, I was never a theater kid, even though I kind of wanted to be, but I... I, I, I I am a theater kid and I had I had two theater teachers who didn't really push Shakespeare that much and they tried everything they could to not make us put on Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So it kind of informed my opinion some, but at the same time I just I don't know. I've I've had never really got into English, it. A couple of English teachers that really pushed Shakespeare and I'm just like I no. <laughs> yeah. can I just read Beowulf again? <laughs> I would definitely Air recommend, Wolf. at least for you, Jonathan, to see the um, Kurosawa uh, inspired, at least. Oh, sure. Oh, the Kurosawa stuff is amazing. I'll watch, I'll watch Kurosawa the, the, all the time. Did, yeah. did he ever make a bad film? Curious. <laughs> not that I've seen, but I've not seen everything he made. So Maybe very, very early in his career. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think I Kurosawa know. was in our March Madness last year. Yeah, he sure was. So I think he, he got pretty far. From what I remember, he, he made at least a couple of rounds. So uh, I noticed uh, maybe Paul has notes about a couple of uh, small roles by some lovely people. Of course I do. <laughs> so I'll let you say who they are. Uh, so we get uh, 
couple of Star Wars vets, two doctors. Um, one one not official, of course. So, uh, our the play that they do inside the play, the king in that is Patrick Troughton, who was the second doctor. Nice. Uh, and uh, now I'm having Johnson's problem where I can't remember character names. The uh, or- Oric Osric. Osric. Osric was Peter Cushing, who, of course, most people will know as Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. And if you're a big enough Doctor Who know- nerd, you will know him as the unofficial Doctor from the film Doctor Who and the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Which is a film based on the the Doctor Who serials in which the Daleks were introduced, written by Terry Nation, and uh, the character that Peter Cushing plays is named Doctor Who. <laughs> nice. Uh, he is he is not the Doctor. He is Doctor Who. Nice. Uh, there's a sequel to that one too, where they go into the future and the Daleks have taken over the Earth. It's interesting. Uh, and speaking of shaking spears, uh, Christopher Lee plays a spear guard in one part. <laughs> like but uncredited. <laughs> yeah, uncredited and yeah. kind of just in the movie. Uh, so yeah, just. Uh, lot of lot of fun fun little parts of great actors who would go on to be amazing yeah yeah though i think peter cushing was really good in this movie (laughs) yeah i i didn't realize it was him as i was watching him i was like holy crap but not not the type of thing i'd seen him in yeah yeah that's for sure um yeah so those are those are fun little little things nice well any other notes, gentlemen, on this film? Yeah. I, I appreciate, I really do appreciate Hamlet. Um, I, it's got so many good lines, so many uh, clever lines. But like I said, it, watching it in a film adaptation is not my favorite thing. Um, it's not bad. Yeah, I think my biggest problem with watching play adaptations of Shakespeare is they always make them feel like it is a play on film, yeah. not a film of the play. And yeah. yeah, I understand why they want to do it that way, but at the same time, it I think it it hurts the the story itself. Yeah, yeah. and while while this version is very visually striking, and it was actually quite uh, appealing to my eyes, I I enjoyed looking at this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurence Olivier eats a lot of the scenery, <laughs> in and, many- and has. And has the worst haircut known to man in this film. Oh my fucking god, the haircut in this movie. <laughs> bad. Henry the Fifth is bad too, though. It's like looks like a rolled up condom. I mean, that's a hairstyle there, I guess. So. I was like, dude, go look at your goddamn haircut and great or uh, um, Wuthering Heights and, yeah. and get that person to do your hair. God <laughs> damn, it was hideous. <laughs> he looks like um when Ben Stiller does simple jack and tropic thunder. Oh god. <laughs> Bleach blonde, slick down hair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it every, is. every time I saw, like, so, like, was looking at it, like, I kept thinking, like, who decided that hairstyle was the right call for this? Like, 
that person that person needs to be put in jail. The thing is, it's so many people it went through, and everybody agreed with it. So <laughs> I mean, just couldn't be bothered. Like, you, it, and and Lawrence Olivier is the writer, the director, the star, the producer. <laughs> so if I, I guess if he's like, I brought this wig, it's what I'm wearing. <laughs> Are you okay, going to say no? <laughs> All right, Larry. <laughs> Do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, look at his hairstyle. What was it in uh, Rebecca? Wasn't he in Rebecca? I mean, it was yeah. better than that, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, just use that hairstyle again. You'll be fine. Just something. Any other movie I've seen you in. <laughs> Literally any other one. Uh, All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. And David, we'll go ahead and ask you first. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? So originally I would have said yes, but then I actually looked at the nominee list. And based on the other nominees, I was gonna say yes still and then i rewatched treasure of the sierra madre and i feel it's a much better film um i think it's got more subtext to it than even shakespeare tries to put into hamlet and so i think it's a better movie all right zach yeah well um no it didn't deserve best picture um because there's at least two other movies that i watched this week that i liked a lot better and um that would be treasure of the sierra madre which is practically a perfect movie there's a couple things that maybe i would change but it's it's so good and i just finished watching the red shoes today which was also um uh frankly it made me very aroused um <laughs> no it, it was great well it was put. <laughs> a redhead ballet dancer with incredible cinematography and costumes and just the is good so yeah no those two are better Fair enough. And Paul, does this um, movie deserve Best Picture? I'm also gonna gonna upfront say no. Um, I, I don't think it's the best, even the best adaptation of Hamlet that I've seen on film. Uh, I think three of the four nominees against it were much better. I'm, I'm gonna echo David and Zach and say uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre is just such an incredible film. Oh my god, everything about that film is beautiful. Uh, and Walter Houston is an American treasure of the Sierra Madre. Uh, Johnny Belinda was a really interesting look at uh, rape in 1948. And I was not expecting that to be as nuanced as it was. Uh, a, a mute woman gets raped and impregnated uh, and bears the child and the doctor who is trying to help this mute woman on this small island community is um, is essentially gossiped to be the father. And he just, you know, as as an observer, you being the, uh, the omniscient observer of the film, you know it's not true. But you just watch this gossip chain ruin this woman's life and ruin this man's career. And... Uh, and it's all because she cannot literally cannot speak out against her attacker. Uh, but it, it was a far more nuanced film than I was expecting. It's probably, I'm going to say my number two choice for best picture of these five. 
uh, and then I watched Red Shoes this morning. Me and Zach were watching it about the same time. <laughs> um, and that was really good. Highly suggest that to anybody who wants to watch it. Uh, and then I didn't finish the snake pit because I was so bored by like the first half. And I thank you for suffering for us. Yeah, I, I didn't finish it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and try at some point, but I, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, uh, just three nominees against it that I think were obvious winners, but apparently giving Hamlet the Academy Award was kind of the fuck you to the studios and the Hollywood system. Uh, see that. They're like, all right, you don't want to back us anymore. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give it to a British film. But I think <laughs> if you're gonna give it to a British film, they should have given it to the Red Shoes. It was a much better film. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um as for myself, as the filthy casual, not seeing literally anything else, still no, this is not best picture. It's just literally a theater play put on film. They <laughs> they they tried to make it look better. Oh, and just so that. Good. <laughs> they tried and they but they made it to look like it's on stage so i i that's not what i look go to see if i want to see hamlet <laughs> on stage i'm sure there's somewhere that i can throw a rock in a direction and i'll find somebody doing shakespeare on a stage so not right now you won't. not right now probably not. well i live in iowa so it's possible <laughs> um so the governor might have just set one up herself <laughs> um <laughs> but no i don't think this is best picture um and we'll go ahead and snake our way through jonathan is this the worst best picture no it's it's not it's not a movie that i enjoy but it's definitely not the worst pick. it's not gone with the wind still so uh paul is this the worst best picture um you know I was expecting to dislike this film a lot more than I did because, again, I watched it in high school at the height of my I Hate Shakespeare, and uh, and I enjoyed it a lot more. So I ended up giving it, I think, three stars, and it's sitting at, like, my number 14 position out of 21 films. So, no, it's not. not... All right. Uh, Zach, worst um, best picture? No. Uh, it's probably close to where uh, Paul has ranked for me as well. Um, I really, I appreciate the fact that, you know, Olivier did a lot of um, this and it, it's important historically, perhaps, that he brought Shakespeare to a bigger audience. And this is my favorite of the three that I'd seen up to this point from him, um, but I still don't love it. So, no, but it's not the worst. There's several that we've watched and yeah. Broadway Melody continues to drag the lake for me fair enough all right and david up to this point do you think that this movie i think up to 1948 we're at uh do you think this is the worst best picture so i've seen like six of the previous best pictures including this one uh and out of those six it is the worst uh, that i have seen but that's barely above gone a bolo gone with the wind um gone with the wind just because as Paul points out, what it did for cinematography and movies in general kind of ekes it just above. Olivier just kind of does Shakespeare and he doesn't do it as well as people that have come after him or even before him. So it for me, it's the worst best picture out of what I've seen. Fair enough. No, absolutely fair. So, all right, guys. Well, there you go. Uh, David, is there anything you'd like to plug for us? Any social medias you'd like to throw out there? Uh, 
pretty much the only social media I'm on really at this point is Twitter, and that's at Virginia Weiner, W-I-N-E-R. And that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us today, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Altorn underscore Occam and also at TikTok at Altorn underscore Occam. And watch me play some video games at twitch.tv slash Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker at Zachmaster, spelled with an X. And I post <laughs> short movie reviews there. And you can find me on TikTok as well, Havoc House, because I'm, uh, I'm a geek. And you can... <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, I just blanked out, letterboxed, at Father of the Fear, across all platforms. And what are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, we are watching All the King's Men, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, iTunes, Vudu, or YouTube. Excellent. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. Once again, we would like to thank David for stopping by and discussing Hamlet with us. Yay, David. You can follow the show on Twitter at OscarWorstyPod, where right now you can uh, vote in polls to decide what we watch on July 4th weekend or Big Willy Weekend. Big Willy Weekend! So uh, that's going to be running through most of the rest of the month. So please show up, vote on Twitter. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll, we'll be trying to, to push that as much as possible. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Oscar Whiskey Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, five stars if we like five stars. Make it rain. Uh, it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. For David, Jonathan, and Zach, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. Bye.